This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 324. The Earth is Abundant and the Ultimate Scarce Resource is Time and Imagination. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Wait a minute, you didn't know we had a YouTube channel? That's right, we put content that we don't put anywhere else on YouTube, and you need to see it to believe it. So be sure to follow, like, and subscribe our channel so you won't miss a thing. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I'm curious how you spend your time. That's right. As a financial planner, what am I talking about time for? Well, yeah. Do you use it wisely, productively? Is it invested in things that count for you? Or do you waste time? Maybe it's trivial afternoon snoozes. Hey, nothing wrong with naps. In fact, I'd love a little more in my life. But if you're wasting your time, you're wasting the most valuable resource you have. It's limited. It's scarce. So how can you economize your time? How can you increase the quality and quantity of the time you have in this life? Now, we talk a lot about money on this podcast. We talk about it in ways that might surprise you. It certainly surprises the typical oh-so-average financial infotainer on the radio or TikTok or your stock jockey or investment gurus down the street. Now, we've talked elsewhere on this show about how there are four, actually four types of money, specifically currency. There's, of course, money itself, the stuff that you have in your bank account. And then there's three other currencies, time, energy, and attention. Now, all of these are finite resources. You only have so much money in the bank. You can only spend so much energy, and you only have so much attention. But the ultimate scarce resource is time. So we are anticipating the upcoming American holiday Thanksgiving here as this episode is dropping. And in fact, we have a whole episode devoted next week on Thanksgiving. So get ready for it. But in the spirit of Thanksgiving and abundance, I want to talk about how incredibly abundant our world really is. So if there's ever any doubt about the incredible resources we have on this planet, I'm going to spend some time to just dispel that now. But with a warning, the scarcity that we have is not a natural resource. It's not the incredible abundance that we find ourselves living on this planet. The scarcity is human attention. And the ultimate scarce resource is time. So how can we increase and invest in the quality and quantity of time in your life? It's an asset, just like everything else that's depreciating over time. Your decision-making of how you allocate this finite resource of time and attention means the world to me. The fact that you're spending some time with me right now means so much to me. And I hope to give you a good return on your investment of time here today. So let's think about why someone does something. Why do we act the way we act? Why do we choose to spend our time and energy and money and attention on this thing over here rather than that thing over there? And while one person might diligently be building a fishing boat, the other person maybe is just laying on the beach nibbling on some Doritos. So what's the outcome of those individual actions? What happens when Robinson Crusoe decides he's not going to spend all day just 
chasing a rabbit with his hands, trying to catch a rabbit with his hands, but instead he's going to stop running, spend some time constructing a rabbit trap. What's he done there? He's done something very special. He's built a capital good, and that helps him use time more efficiently. So here's my bold opinion for this episode. First of all, we live in an abundant world, chock full of resources, ready to turn into capital goods. And if you view time as a valuable resource, I believe you'll make the best choice possible and improve your overall well-being in your life. So that's the bold opinion I'm going to get into in today's episode. Now, in 1968, Paul Ehrlich wrote The Population Bomb, and it was a book full of predictions, warnings, and consequences about overpopulation. He talked about famine, resource depletion. He predicted that the world was going to be facing a crisis of overpopulation, which was going to lead to mass starvation, societal upheaval, and even environmental collapse. Many of his scenarios in the book were predicted, but never came true, thank goodness. And there was no global famine, for example, in the 1970s or 80s, nor was there a collapse in world civilization as by the year 2000, as he predicted. Even so, Paul Ehrlich stands by the main message of his book that population growth is a major problem and that we're all living in a world that's dangerously close to running out of resources. So he warned that within seven years, we'd come to the end of the road for human civilization, for example, and here we are today. Now, this can all sound pretty true. I mean, fear-mongering is nothing new. We certainly have more people on this planet than we've ever had before, and we're certainly seeing in the news, plenty of dramatic headlines of world conflict and anxiety about future sustainability of the planet itself. So I get all that. But all the resources, of all the resources that are finite on this planet, which one is the ultimate resource? Is it oil? Water? Maybe it's gold? And we can find more of anything the more we dedicate time to searching for it. If Robinson Crusoe had spent more time building more traps, he would have caught more rabbits. If I want more gold, now it's, gold is a very scarce resource on the crust of the earth, but every year, human civilizations find more gold than we found the year before. Isn't that interesting? More gold is being produced this year than the last year, and the year before that, and the year before that. The overall trend is constantly increasing. Even though we feel like, hey, at some point we'll run out of gold, we keep finding more gold because we're always digging for more gold. We're always developing more advanced technology to produce more gold. So if suddenly the world had some gigantic increase in their appetite for gold, we would certainly spend more time looking for it and we'd develop more advanced technology for producing more gold. And we'd dedicate more resources, take away resources from other goods. We'd stop you know, building chairs or something, and we'd go use those resources and time to go build more gold miners. And we put those resources toward the production of more gold. So we've all been plagued with the problem of inflation. That's certainly true over the last few years, especially, but really over the last 50 years, especially in the last year or two, though. And it's true, inflation has really been here, especially when we count things against dollars. Central banks control the stock of money, and increasing that stock of money means the prices of everything are going to go up. That's just you know plain and simple math. But if we had a better form of money that wasn't manipulated by central banks, we might begin to see prices actually dropping. And in fact, Julian Simon, he's an economist that measured the price of goods not according to dollars over the last 50 years, but according to time. 
if you look at how many hours you need to work in order to maybe get a certain good or commodity, you'll see that over time, prices keep dropping. 40 years ago, for example, the average worker had to work a certain number of hours to obtain a bushel of corn. Today, due to advances in technology and efficiency, that same worker only needs to work 25% of the time to get that same bushel of corn. Now, the price of that corn in terms of dollars might have gone up due to inflation, but still, in terms of human time, it's becoming more and more abundant. That's a key insight right there. So that's a great book with some really detailed studies on it. It was titled Super Abundance, The Story of Population Growth, Innovation, and Human Flourishing on an Infinitely Bountiful Planet by Marianne Tupi and Gail Pooley. Great book. From 1980 to 2020, they say, the 15 most common commodities are one-fourth as expensive as they were 40 years ago in terms of human time. So we can all produce more paper clips or whatever else we want as long as we have more time devoted to it and we take time away from other resources we could otherwise be building. Believe me, this is all going to come down to your particular financial situation, so hang with me as I'm building out this world here. So time is really the most crucial currency in your portfolio. It really is the limiting factor. The real scarce resource here is human time. And the more humans you have dedicated to producing more and more goods, it's just going to cre keep creating more and more stuff because the limits of this earth are so far beyond what we could even measure, let alone extract. So we're not even close to tapping out this giant abundant planet that we've been given. So it's like thinking of drinking water from a river. So don't worry about drinking water from the river and worrying that maybe you run out of water because as you're drinking, the rest, I mean, you could drink from that river the rest of your life as much as you want and there'd always be plenty of water. The truly scarce resource is time. What are you doing to make the most of the time you have on this earth? So this brings me to the idea of work. When we put our time to activity, we'll call that labor or work. So what do you do to make the world a better place with your time? How are you building a better rabbit trap like Robinson Crusoe? How are you capturing your time, turning it into something that matters for you, not just for the here and now, hopefully also in the future? Are you saving for retirement? Are you not just for your own retirement, but are you saving for multiple generations? Remember, you're not just alone here, some castaway on a deserted island. You're engaged in a full dynamic economy with friends and family, world markets. How can we work together to make a more abundant future? How can we trade between people you work with? What are the benefits of trading back and forth? This concept of partnership and trade is really what supercharges the time you have on earth. If I could trade my rabbit trap that I've just made for the shoes you've just made, then we've both turned out we now have a rabbit trap and some shoes. And we both have a better life and we didn't have to spend any more time for the benefit. We can spend the time we were going to have making our own shoes more productively with a better quality of life. I get fewer thorns in my big toe and you have more meat for dinner. But it all comes down to how we economize our time. In the 1970s, there were all these hysterical predictions that we were going to run out of these core resources. And coming up against that population bomb I mentioned earlier and mass starvation, it was all just around the corner. So this idea that we had simply wrung out the earth, that we were completely exhausting the earth, was really acute in the late 70s. 
We would be out of farmable land in just four more years, according to Paul Ehrlich. So in 1980, during the midst of all this scary talk of starvation and scarcity and depopulation, Julian Simon believed that human innovation and market forces would overcome this limit of natural resources. So Julian Simon bet Paul Ehrlich that the price of any five commodities that Paul could choose would be lower in price 10 years from now, in 1990 at that time, and they'd be lower at the end of the bet, at the end of that 10-year period. So Paul Ehrlich picked those commodities, the ones he thought would be most likely to be depleted. Again, he was Mr. Population Bomb, that the world would be out of resources by 1990 for sure. And Julian Simon let him pick the commodities. But at the end of the 10-year period, at the end of their bet, all of the commodities had dropped in price, those core commodities, meaning we had more of those commodities by the 1990s than we did at the beginning of their bet in 1980. Not only had we not run out of those commodities, but we even had more of them. This bet became famous. It was a symbol of the debate between the optimists and the pessimists about the future of humanity and the environment. It sparked further resource. It sparked further research discussions on factors that affect resource prices, availability, like things like technology, demand, supply. I mean, how could that be possible? How could it be possible? Well, it's possible because demand went up. As we constrained the resources on oil, for example, or corn or whatever else, it increased the incentive for people to go out there and find the required stuff to meet that demand. So people were spending more time looking for those commodities. So that increased the supply. It's the reason why we didn't hit that population bomb that Paul Ehrlich predicted. It's because we had more people, we had more time. And with more time, there's more foundation for all the other resources that we enjoy and experience in this life. So how can you use your time today? Let's really break this down and bring it home. First, I would say adopt a mindset of abundance and optimism rather than scarcity and pessimism. It's certainly popular to be more of a pessimist today, to be a sophisticated doomsayer. You'll look so smart telling everyone how the world is about to end, and you'll certainly get their attention but you'll be wrong. Instead, challenge conventional wisdom that resources are running out and and instead, remember Julian Simon who won that bet against Paul Ehrlich on the prices of scarce commodities. Next, find ways to economize your time and increase the quantity and also the quality of your life. For example, decide for yourself what you want your life to look like. Bring it down to this year. Bring it down to this week, then to today. Could you spend five minutes of your precious time in the morning to decide what are the three big activities that you want to try to accomplish today? You can use tools like calendars, planners, reminders to help you manage your time effectively. Next, delegate everything you don't absolutely have to do yourself, anything that doesn't bring you value. If anyone else can do it for 80% as well as as you could do it, and you don't like doing that thing, find someone else to do it. 80% is, is good enough, right? Now, I've met a lot of people who waste time doing something just because they don't want to spend a little money. But we've learned today that money is replaceable. Time is not. So find ways to eliminate all the waste in the time bank account that you have and instead invest your time and your money in things that will increase your productivity and enjoyment in life. What skills or knowledge or experience would enhance the kind of life you want to live? or the value you could bring to your fellow man. 
the better trade you make, the better rabbit trap you can build, the better enjoyment you'll have in your life. If you build a better rabbit trap for the next guy, you might get a better pair of shoes from him. So purchase or create assets that are going to generate real income for you or appreciation for you and your family. You can do this by taking online courses. Many of them are free on YouTube or Substack. So maybe you start an online store. Maybe you buy some real estate. This all frees up your time to do more of what you want in your life. Next takeaway, create a budget that can track your income and expenses. If you're working hard for that money, that's time spent. Think of money like the dollars as time certificates. You traded your time for that money. It's like you just cashed out a invaluable resource for something that could go away or be less valuable. So make sure that you're budgeting that money as effectively as you can. So focus on avoiding excessive spending on stuff that really doesn't add value or happiness to your life. So personally, I know a couple of streaming services I need to cancel here. Uh, so these are just some of the possible takeaways you can have from this episode. I'm curious what your feedback is. If you'd like to drop me a line, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. The best way to do it is to join our community, which is the Not Your Average Financial Community. You can go to notyouraverage.mn. Co and sign up to meet me and tons of other financial revolutionaries who are listening to this episode and want to give me feedback on it, positive or negative. Would love to know your thoughts. Thank you all for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your time, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.